Welcome to Love Requited, Etc., a podcast of love and life, stories about unconventional, untethered, and sometimes unreturned love. This podcast is for mature audiences only, as it can sometimes be sexually explicit. I am Liliana Barzola, a spiritual and intuitive healer, creator of Lotus Lantern Healing Arts. Episode 3, A Great Unconformity. How often have you reflected on your past, then pounded your fists on the table and said, that never, ever, ever happened? After living together for over a year, me and my roommate sit down and have a very revealing conversation. It was an agreed-upon affair that only one of us remembers. Singing a song, what were you singing? Oh, set adrift on memory bliss. Isn't what, what the yeah, end of that? Uh, I said memory something lane. dawn. Oh, yeah, PM dawn. I love that song. I so, remember. we have kind of a fun story to tell. <laughs> yes, a very fun story, <laughs> a very unique story. I think it is rather, I think so too. Would you say we were in a relationship? Well, you know better than I do, but I remember being definitely like we were intrigued friends. by you, and I was definitely your friend. Yeah. Okay, so we were friends. Yeah. When we were kids, mm-hmm. seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> yeah. And so I remember okay. a lot of making out when we were kids. A lot of kissing. A lot of making out. It's awful. <laughs> we like never talked about it, which was like totally cool as adults. I just never felt the need to bring it up. In my mind, we didn't talk about it because it was resolved. But of course, I thought you remembered everything. So it, there was no need for me to be like, hey, remember <laughs> when we used to kiss and make out for hours? This was about two years ago now, I think. Yeah. And we were laying in the hammock together. My kids are running around. I was married at the time. We're just friends, platonic friends, nothing more. Right. And I said something about making out with women or being with women. And you were like, oh, God. Like, I tried that. And it is, like, so not for me. (laughs) In that moment that I realized you probably didn't remember that we used to make out. Because I thought, like, my friend is so kind-hearted and sweet. Like, she would never, ever be like mean like that it's kind of mean to say to someone like oh yeah i used to kiss you and it was just not my (laughs) cup of tea which is basically like what it felt like right Right. so okay so yeah i knew in that moment you didn't remember and i was just like that is so weird so i just like let it go i was okay it's not something she remembers oh well you know i'll let it go Uh and then when it was either that time I came and visited like we started talking about it more and you kind of meant you know you you said something to me and I was like did we you said something to me you said oh that must have been around the time that you and I were making out okay and then I was like really confused because I was like whoa she does remember if she does remember why would she have said that (laughs) it seemed like you just yeah. So did you remember? So th- okay. So this is the what, what I know. This is what I remember. So I remember meeting you and being totally intrigued with who you are, just because you have this like very like alluring, mystical like who are you? You know, like you have that quality. And so I remember Liliana. It was just 
this exotic human in my life. And I was like, I mean, and I do remember at your house when we had that house party, I clearly remember making out with you in your house. And so it was interesting to me as you started sharing with me, like, this is actually what happened, Kendra. I was like, wow, it's interesting to me that all my memories, most of my memories of you are in your home that you lived in with your mother. And like, that's where I remember you the most, you know, like all the stuff, the tea horse Mm -hmm. and when it was moved to your home and like, there's and like you even talking about your car that you bought from your really great mechanic. I remember being like, "Ooh, Liliana's got a car. Like, you know, she's got her stuff together." You know? <laughs> like, I have these memories of you in that context. They were limited, or uh, I suppressed them, or whatever. When it came to like all of the memories After at that. the apartment at the right. at the clubhouse, as we okay, because I don't even remember that as well. Because to me, it was so little bit of kissing. It right. was just like. Like, I don't know, like, girls just like, um, like... Well, we, it, we made out. Like, as I, that's what I remember. But maybe we didn't. I mean, maybe it was more like, ooh, like, demonstrative, you know, like, in front of people or something in that context, you know, because, like, I just remember playing with all those stuffed animals on your couch. I have, like, these very vivid memories. But, like, it's just so interesting to me when you when you shared all this other stuff. It's like when somebody tells you, like, you know, here's a bunch of stuff that happened to you. And it's like, what? I was there. That happened. Totally. But then after you shared, I went and I spoke with Amra, I think about how strange it was. I was like, isn't it strange that I don't remember like all of these times that Liliana and I made out? I think you, I think you shared with me some story about how you were, oh yeah, at that party, you know, who was there? And people kept saying like, well, Liliana was there. Liliana was there. Remember? And you were just like, what? How come I don't remember her being there? Right. And I just, and like, and then when you shared some of those memories with me, I can, I can now see you in the apartment. I can see both of us in the apartment. I can at least place us there. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting to me. And then, yeah, Amra shared the one story of like coming up and seeing you waiting for me to show up. And I was like, well, and then Angela shared a story with me about how we like passed you by. This is an awesome story too. Like we're driving, we're driving, I guess. And we see each other. Separate cars. Yeah. I mean, I'm with Angela and I pull over. I'm like, there's Liliana. And we like, I mean, it was like from a movie, I guess. We just get out and just make out and I'm like that's so awesome like I wish I could remember that in detail the memory that I'm sharing now is mainly from hearing the story told to me totally but so my thing is like when we were younger we must have been like 16 or 17 we just made out like to be funny like 17 or 18 yeah because I think I met you when I was 17 yeah yeah mm-hmm. and we just made out to like be funny and goofy because it was like party and everyone was like making out with everyone it was just like goofy right okay later on when you would go to the clubhouse so there was like my mom's house where I was right. where all sorts of shenanigans happened because my mom was way cool she was very awesome and then there was the clubhouse which was the apartment next door to my boyfriend's apartment right and that clicks a memory in my head Somewhat. It's like rings a tiny bell. So I had a boyfriend. I would wait for you to show up at the clubhouse next door to my boyfriend's house. And you and I would make out for like hours and hours and hours and hours. Wow. And then after we'd make out, I'd go over to my boyfriend's house and have sex with them because I didn't get very far with you, although I tried. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you tried. (laughs) But this like went on for like months. Wow. And months and months. Okay, so I guess I should explain at this point why I might have suppressed these memories because I was raised in a very, I like to say, cult-like setting. You know, the world was exactly as my mom described it. And for a long time, I adhered to the things that she said to believe in. And I still 
like struggle with some of those things. Being promiscuous is not okay. You know, and now I don't have that. You know, that is not something that is true in my mind. I'm like, yeah, anybody should do anything they want. But I, I was like oppressed by those belief systems. And one of them too was, you know, there was man and wife and like God created man and woman to be, you know, and so like to be homosexual, to be gay was like taboo. I mean, it's not like my mom went around bashing these people, but totally. when it came down to it, that was a sin. And if they didn't repent, they weren't going to heaven. So Ruh-ro. yeah, the and, hellfires were waiting. And there. our friend Angela was openly gay at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it shocked us when she actually ended up being more bisexual. But I mean, I loved her. She was my good friend, and I remember oh, yeah. sitting down with her and having to say, "I don't. I have to speak my truth to you, Angela." Like, because I was so religiously inclined at that point. So, anyways, but You're I was just programmed. I was programmed. I had enough intuition to be able to like at least do what I wanted and to live mostly how I wanted. But, but you didn't like preach to her. You just were no, like, "I love all. you," and it's confusing because you're my friend, right? That was like one was conversation. Yeah. That was her right that was her title her title was a lesbian <laughs> she liked it yeah was her label. but you didn't judge her you no, were just like not at all yeah you're not a judgy person no i just felt like i had to tell her the truth like i wanted to be authentic to mm-hmm. her and just so you know and she was really cool about it i mean my friends were always cool i gave up religion about age 24 23 i got baptized at age 20 though and angela and kimmy and other friends they like and these people are atheists you know they are not god-fearing people they came to my church they watched me like have this like experience and they supported and loved me so i think that's pretty epic of them that's amazing yeah i got over it (laughs) not that way anymore but i think that might be why part of me maybe oppressed those suppressed those memories maybe i don't know yeah because it wasn't you i mean i liked you obviously (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when people were are telling you stories, this is my experience of you remembering. It was like we were having dinner or whatever, and you were like, "Oh yeah, that was around the time that you and I were making out." And you were, I think, you were more referring to like the stuff that you did remember at my mom's house. That that's what you were referencing. But then, just like you said, you went back and talk to friends about it because I think at that time I said to you, "And what about the other times?" And you were like. "Uh, and then people were like, yeah, Liliana was at the clubhouse waiting for you to get off of work so she could right. make out with you. I mean, Amra told you I didn't want to talk to her. I was just all in like, Kendra's almost here. Kendra's <laughs> almost here. Don't talk to me. That's rad. And I remember like loving the fact that we were kind of, I mean, I remember that infatuation that we had with each other. And I liked that. It's fascinating to me too. You know, it's interesting to hear stories. Have you ever had that experience with anything? Like where somebody's mm-hmm. telling you stories? No. You didn't do very many drugs, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Because I have like a lot of experiences like that where I rely on my friends and they tell me these stories and it's like, it's like being by a fire and having somebody read you a book, you know? You're like, tell me more. And what you did I say then? The yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. And it felt just like that. I was like, Whoa. And it was like almost like revealing this whole part of me. And I'm like, interesting. Right. Because when you heard the story, like we were driving along and then we ran into the middle of the street and made out because we were so happy to see each other in broad daylight in yeah. front of the public people. <laughs> yeah. That's you were like, whoa. I really I did that. That's awesome. Guess I did that. <laughs> yeah. Fancy free. Fancy free. <laughs> what is fancy free? 
Yeah, I gotta say, it was hard for me that you didn't remember that because it was so much time. The whole time that my boyfriend lived there and you were at the clubhouse, which was months. Yeah. We would make out three to four times a week pretty intensely. And then you would get to this place. Anything more that I tried to (laughs) make happen wasn't going to happen. And I would just out of respect, you know, just, hey, baby, see you later. See you tomorrow. Yeah. And then I'd go next door and... (laughs) Get my jollies with my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, because I remember when we took that walk. Yeah, you were just telling me about all your other experiences with women. With women, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you included me in that. And I was like, whoa. And it really just opened it up even more to me. I was like, okay. like Right, because you didn't know that you were one of the three yeah. that I felt rejected by. <laughs> oh, man. I did yeah. not want you to feel rejected by me. And then, then after I've lived here for a while, too, there was the other time when I'm up here talking to you in your room and... Talking about tattoos or something. Oh, this is so good. Talking about first tattoos. But then, yeah, then you're like, really sweetly, (laughs) you're like, um, I was there. I think I got a tattoo with you. Like, we got matching tattoos. Not like the same thing, but. But pretty close to it. Yeah, we got tattoos at the same time. That was really hard for me. I gotta tell you, I was breathing deeply. I love you so much. Kendra's like. (laughs) I've got my hurt knee and you're like trying to help me out. You're like being so nice to me. And then you're just like making small talk. Yeah. Like, do you have any tattoos? <laughs> oh, yeah. And let me just tell you yeah. my version of the story <laughs> so you can understand how I felt. Okay. So my version of the story is that when we were basically turned 18, like almost yeah. right away, I think it was on, must have been your birthday yeah, or so close to your birthday. It was the summer of whatever year that was. You and I wanted to get tattoos, and we actually wanted to get matching tattoos. And so we decided to do Chinese characters, and you and I, we went to the Barnes & Noble. Do you remember this? Yes, I do actually. And we went, I think we either bought the book or we copied the characters out there, because we were like, we're not going to go to a tattoo parlor and just like pick one off the wall. We're going to make sure they're real Chinese (laughs) characters, so we don't get like something (laughs) shitty on our bodies. And so I picked water and you picked like beautiful. Yeah, good and beautiful. It was like a combination of those two words. Good and beautiful as a Chinese character. Yeah. We like picked these out together. It was like an epic thing. It was like a month process. And then we went to the tattoo parlor together with one other friend. And the other friend didn't get a tattoo, but you and I did. Mm -hmm. I got... I think, did you go first? I think so. I think I was really nervous. And then you were like, I'll go first. And by the way, we had a totally cool tattoo artist. Do you remember her? No, but Okay, so she had tattoo art. She had tattoos all over her body, her face included. And she had been horribly stabbed in a domestic violence relationship. So she like lectured us about not being in a domestic violence relationship, not being victimized, being empowered as women. And the reason I have all these tattoos is to cover up these scars that I have. From being stabbed by my boyfriend, which was an epic thing. When you're 18, you're getting a tattoo done by a woman, a woman who's like super empowering. But she was also intense and it was a tattoo parlor and we were 18. We'd never gone before. We were scared. (laughs) And Kendra, being totally brave, you were just like, I'll go first because I was scared. A little Pisces fish. You're Gemini, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's all sweet. I'm going to go first. (laughs) I'm like, I can build up my courage. It was so bad because you had a low back tattoo and it was so painful. I don't think you remember this, but I like held your hand, helped you breathe through it and was totally, you can do this. Like, I know you can. I remember that I had like this look on my face that I saw reflected in your face and our friend's face. Mm -hmm. I remember like 
it was painful. So what was your tattoo like that day? Did it hurt? Mine probably? is a, the same, but I got on the back of my shoulder, which is not as painful as a low back. Okay. I picked like the least painful place. Yeah. After I saw you. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was a plan the whole time. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so for me, like we, we have this like incredible bonding experience and we have tattoos, we have matching tattoos and we had our first tattoo together. So for me to be sitting with you and have you ask me, Hey, do you have any tattoos? Is just like, I, I, I was speechless. It took me for so sweet. I wanted to punch something, (laughs) not you, but I wanted to punch something because it was like, I think I'm a really memorable person. Kendra doesn't remember. I'm covering my face in shame right now, by the way. So I'm feeling this. (laughs) I don't want to rake you over the coals. Don't worry. I don't feel raked at all. I just, I feel embarrassed because my memory is like shoddy as hell. For me, my theme, like, you know, my story. So like I had three women that I tried to have sex with. There's no other way to say it. <laughs> yeah. And was pretty much rejected by all three. You were one of them. Okay. But I tried consistently <laughs> at least three times a week for many months. So God knows I'm committed. <laughs> yes, definitely. You are. Oh, but you were so, <laughs> yeah. so you were so sweet when I was talking about that tattoo because you were just me. like you were just like, well Kendra, you were just like so gentle and like as if I were like an Alzheimer's patient, you know, you were like, I think that we got a tattoo together. You were amazing. And like, I'm just like slowly illuminating this weird memory in my brain. And I'm like, oh, did we? And then like, I talked to Angela, who has like the best memory in the world. And I think she was our friend that was with us. Yes. And- no, you were like, <clears throat> it was me and Angela. And I was like, and who else? And you were like, some other people. And I was like... Right, just me. Oh, and I was man. like, did did Angela get a tattoo? And you were like, no. And I was like, but somebody else there did, right? And you were like, right. And I was like, that was me. Oh, man. So. And <laughs> we got to put a photo of our tattoos up on there. Okay, you can. Mine's been embellished, but I liked it by itself. It was nice, but I ruined it with more things. Don't. Don't complicate tattoos. Don't complicate. <laughs> yeah. The moral of this story is, the takeaway is don't complicate tattoos. Do you guys all hear that? Yeah. But the good news is, is that I am not a drug user anymore. <laughs> and like, we kind of had this long period of time where we, we weren't like, yeah, I don't know how we didn't, I don't know how we lost contact, but it wasn't negative. No, no. And then no, when no. we regained contact, it was just like on Facebook. I, I, I mean, I was I profoundly sexually frustrated, but I never took it out on you. <laughs> <laughs> you took it out on your boyfriend. I did, yeah. <laughs> but the good news is, is that all the memories that we've created in the past, like, what, five years? Oh, four years? Least, like, yeah. I will remember them all. Most of them. Oh, <laughs> good. And we have, was... Well, it's been really healing to talk to you about it. I mean, it's been like an eight-month process or a year process, I think, of discovering that you didn't recognize right. or realize or remember very much. For me, I did, you know, I did all the normal things of just being like, oh, my God why does this keep happening to me with women? Like, I think I'm kind of cute. Like, <laughs> why are. don't chicks like me? Like, You're what's looking. going on? You know? And you got a star personality. I got a really good memory, too. <laughs> and a really good memory. <laughs> I cannot say the but same. But it's funny for me sometimes when we're just, because we're just friends. It's platonic. Yeah. And sometimes when you'll say something, like something about how you like to make out, God, I just like to make out for hours. And you'll tell me, like, as your friend, like, I don't know that. Or be like, oh, I really like soft lips. (laughs) Or you'll be like, I really like it when the person just takes me. Because Uh 
that's like really how it happened. Like we barely made it to the couch most of the time because I swear to God, if you thought too much about what was happening, you would get kind of frozen. Yeah, right. But if I just aggressively <laughs> yes. went for it, That's you were style. like, <laughs> and like this. it's so funny though, because you'll tell me all the time, like, just so you know, this is my style. Cause she's telling me about a date she was just on or like why this guy isn't getting anywhere with her. And she'll just like sort of mention it. And it's like, right. I know. <laughs> Because you don't remember right. Thank goodness that you do. I love it. <laughs> and I remember more now. And it was great. And like, yeah, you were hot and you were a great kisser. I do remember that. So I'll just put that out there. So. <laughs> okay. I'm sure there's more than one person who can vouch <laughs> just for that. that. Yeah. Great. Let's take a poll. I'm going to line them up. But yeah, I'm glad we talked about this too. And I think this is going to help people because there's probably a lot of people that have suppressed yeah. I mean, because I did suppress it, too, in some ways, because for me, since we never, like, got any further than <laughs> heavy petting and making out, <laughs> right? I didn't, like, consider us to be in a relationship. But when I started dating Brie, Brie was totally like, uh, you were in a relationship with that person. And I was like, no, I wasn't. And she was like, yeah, totally. Because how often do you make out? Like, three times a week? For how long? Yeah. All the stories. She was just like, yeah, that's called a relationship with someone. Like, you were in a relationship. But I think also my programming, I didn't really think of it that way. Like you had a boyfriend next door. I had door. a boyfriend. And, I mean, I think it would have been more with you if I could have. Just like, okay, well, it's not for me. Like, the whole yeah. lesbian thing or being with women just never worked out. So, I think I just, like, added it to the, oh, it's another like, thing I didn't get to do. Yeah. Does that make sense? When she frames it for me, you were in a relationship with this person. Yeah, you're right. I see that now. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, and I really wish that I had been able to, like, explore at that time. Because that's a great age to do that at, you know? Mm-hmm. And, totally. And I was, a, I, was, I was denied a lot in my life. Because, I mean, not really. Because, I mean, I chose other things. But some of those things that, like, those programming, those things stick, you know, in your totally. head. So it would have been rad to have experimented. But you also, you kissed other women. Yeah, a few. Yeah, and actually most, and and, yeah, I did. But you don't consider yourself into women. No, but I wonder sometimes if I could be, you know, Uh because like, then it would be awesome to be in a relationship with a woman because of all the reasons that you know about. I haven't had a lot of luck with the men, so (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying. At the time, I wasn't willing to go there. But yeah, I did. I kissed like all my friends. I remember kissing my best friend. It was weird to me in a way. We kissed and it was fine, but then she was kind of into it. And that made me feel nervous. Yeah, I'm really like, we we shouldn't take this further, you know? Mm -hmm. I just remember kind of like needing my space. (laughs) So you were not into her? I was not into Mm -hmm. her, yeah. Because you have to feel that zing and Mm -hmm. passion. (laughs) So like still getting over Stefano. I was at that time. Oh, he has a good name. We should say it. <laughs> Stefano. Stefano. Yeah. That's like part of it. The, the allure of him was his Italian heritage. Totally fell in love with that as much as I did with him as a person too. Yeah. When we met, that was right when it ended. So I might. When you and I met. Yeah. When you and I met, like my heart was crushed and I was just like, that's all I could talk about. I don't know. I feel like my friends just, that's all they heard about was mm-hmm. Stefano this, Stefano that. It was interesting to lose somebody at a young age like that. And it did feel like a death, you know, it really did. It felt like something had been physically removed from my body. And I was like, yeah, how do you live without this appendage that you were so used to? And 
I don't know. Some people just get over things or it seems like outwardly appearing that they do quickly. And that was just not my story. I, I held on to it. And I just, that was all I had left of him was like my memories. And so I created this internal shrine to this human. And I like logically knew that the chances of us like getting back together were very slim, but that logic and it has failed me in other ways before when your heart like just feels so much it just it feels so much more powerful than the logic that you want to depend on and just get out of this hole I think I um perpetuated my grieving period by like creating this shrine to this human you know in my heart and like I knew I was doing it and I kind of knew I shouldn't be casting these spells right now but I am that's all I knew to do. And so I just felt closer to him in that way. Tell me how you met. So I was really young. I was 14. I had just moved to Seattle. I met him at school. I was a freshman and he was a senior. We had a mutual friend. They worked together and I just saw him one day. I just saw the back of his head actually and maybe part of his uh, left cheek and like my heart. I don't know. I've never experienced left. that since. Yeah, like I understood the whole Cupid's arrow at that point because that's what it felt like. I mean, I had no other reason to be like drawn to this human. I didn't even know that I had a connection with a mutual friend at that point. I just saw the back of his head and I, my heart swooned and I said, I have to meet this person. And then I saw him talking to my friend, Newell, and I walked right up and I just introduced myself. I kind of just knew that I was going to make it happen. And we had this really interesting, um, like I called him out of the blue. I tried to uh, just be assertive. He was really nervous too, and I was, and on the phone. It took so much courage to make that call, because, you know, this is before cell phones, so you're, like, dialing the home number, and he answers, and I was like, is Stefano there? And our entire conversation was literally like, yeah, this is Stefano, and I told him who I was, and he's like, well, thanks so much for calling, and he just got off the phone with me right away, and it was really funny. We laughed about it, because I was like, what's going on there? And anyways... We scheduled a date that just happened to be on Valentine's Day and it was like this epic date and we got, oh yeah, we just like, we ordered food and we both looked at each other and we were like, I'm not hungry and we just left our food behind and we went down. We walked to the pier in Des Moines. He just kissed me under this lamp. I've never been kissed like that before or since, um, honestly. So yeah, epic. Uh, it was an epic kiss. And we were together for about two, just under two and a half years. So our breakup was pretty epic and unfortunate. We had, my family had a fire in our home and my, we had to move back to Portland. He wanted me to stay with him and I just didn't feel ready to leave my family. And yeah, there's more to it than that. But <laughs> breaking up at that point. So you would have been 16. I was 16 and like it really came to an end like right before my 17th birthday. We had this long distance thing for a few months, but it didn't really work out. It was as... a bit hard to it be so was. young and have a long distance relationship. It was hard. And he'd come visit me. And that was back when, yeah, we had um, telephone bills for long distance calls. So we would like split our phone bills and they would be like outrageous. So he kind of almost became more of a myth even before you officially broke up because it was like an archetypal telephone. Version. Yeah. He really did. And I had been unfaithful in our relationship and that's what caused us to like have right, like strife in our relationship. And it was just like a one-off kind of a thing. It wasn't something that I was interested in, but it, 
it just drove a wedge into this like magical bubble that we had together and and we tried to recover from it but ultimately yeah we couldn't get back to that point i mean i was enmeshed with him and his family and his italian mother and his italian aunt and they would cook you know and i was just we were enmeshed in each other's lives like mm-hmm. at a young age and you know my mom would be like wow kendra you should do other things you should see other people you should you know you're so young and i just looked at her like she was crazy you know and i think now when i look at some 14 year olds i'm like what like how could you be in this epic like romance at such a young age i mean it's true i mean i think you could feel that at any age really well yeah yeah you can be 14 you can be 10 you can be 70 (laughs) i mean i think people i think we judge i know i've judged in the past but i look i from what i know now i realize like oh yeah young people can feel this passion sometimes it's not i think probably 80 percent of the time it's just infatuation but there are those 20 that's a 20 percent of like no this is soulmate energy and so you didn't really date in your 20s. Yeah, you know, this I had this strange, um, you know, because I had built this shrine up, I had this, like, thought that we were actually soulmates and we were supposed to be together. And I was like, well, I'm going to be faithful to that then. You know, I knew that he had, you know, married another person. That moved on. He had moved on. That he was starting his own family. And his mom stayed in touch with me. Uh, she called me up out of the blue and we wrote letters to each other. We corresponded for years and... I would delicately try to like pry information <laughs> about Stefano. And I love his the life. delicate pry. Yeah, because I just a little delicate pry. <laughs> delicate pry. I didn't I've been there. Scare I know her what that's off. like. I was like, so any scrap of information would like, mm-hmm. yeah, make my day. But I had this idea that since we were soulmates, that we would eventually end up together. I think there was a big part of me that believed that, even though it seemed unlikely. And well, the whole time I knew you, I mean, you were dead on that. You were like, it's really just a matter of time. I mean, you felt in your whole being that that was true. It, yeah, I really did. And so, I mean, and then there would be part of me that was like, Kendra, you can't just, you know, waste 10, 20 years of your life waiting for this person. Cause I had this idea that it would happen like in our middle age. Yeah. Nobody did it for me. Like seriously, nobody did it for me in my twenties. Like we would date for maybe two weeks. And then as soon as I knew like, I just, I didn't understand that casual dating. Like, I know other people do it. And I'd look at them and I'd be like, wow, that looks fun. I want to do that too. But having experienced, like, that epic soul-rushing feeling, I was like, why would anybody want anything else? Like, I just want the real thing. So Right. So you'd rather be alone than have yeah. something less and than. As soon as I knew, you know, on, a, on date number three, I'm like, oh, this isn't my person. I would just call it off. I know I tried to just go out and have fun once in a while, but... I didn't have another relationship until I was 30. Yeah, that one was two and a half years as well. There was a lot of parallels there, but he was much younger than me. He ended up not being faithful to me like the entire time. So that ended and I was like, wow, okay. I really tried to put myself out there like wholeheartedly. Like I gave it all. I was like, this is my person. I'm going to make it work. And it just didn't feel the same way as it did in that first relationship. There was never a part where I was just content and satisfied with like my partner, he didn't, I mean, I tried, but I, looking back on it, it wasn't based on mutual respect or anything solid. So I have three stories I can tell like that, where I felt that zing with someone yeah. and then I was left and it. And it was that kind of magical, whoa, this person is, I could be with this person forever kind of a thing. Yeah. And I, I also didn't know it could feel so magical with someone. Is this resonating for yeah. you Yeah. And how old were you then? Um, I guess I was like 19 or 20. 
it's almost like a part of me died. I hate to sound so dramatic. I never, I thought, I wish I could go back to that person that I was before that was that innocent about Open. love. Yeah. And that, of course, you can have what you want. Like, fucking, of course you can. Like, right. have that zing, zing, zing. Of course we're going to be together. But, like, that part is gone. That part of me, I think in every relationship that I've been in since then, I really am at peace with the fact, and maybe peace is too nice of a way to say it, that you never know what's going to happen. You know, that, that sense of confidence that I had that this is my person. I don't think I ever got that back, even though I felt that same zing with other people afterwards. Yeah. That like part of you that knows actually that person can like get in a car accident, get a brain injury and never be the same. Right. Or fall in love with somebody else and leave. Right. It just seems unimaginable when you have that first soulmate love connection mm-hmm. and you finally found each other that it would ever end. It's right. like, this is never going to end. Yeah, because why would you want it to? And yeah, and actually I've heard you recently talk about your relationships and you just have this, like the way that you're able to say, well, you know, I could be happy for them if they found somebody else or like, if you know, it might not work out. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, like I want to be with this person, but, and yeah, it, it seems really healthy. I don't know. I, I am impressed with that because I don't know when I, I feel possessive, I guess. And that's like, I guess it's a lack of possessiveness. It seems like when I observe you talking about your partners and the ones that you've had recently and whatever, just, yeah, yeah just, I don't possess them. They don't possess me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anything could happen. We could break up. They could fall in love with somebody else. I don't want any of those things to happen, right. but it's possible. I've seen it happen time and time again. <laughs> God help us all. Yeah. Because <laughs> I want to go back to that fairy tale time. I do too. It's a fairy tale time of like, oh, I'm going to stare at you and you're never going to want to leave the bed and you're going to want to make love to me all day long and it's never, ever going to end. Why do we need anyone else? Yeah. We don't. <laughs> totally. I think... You know, after my second relationship broke up and I was like, wow, you know, the older you get, you start thinking, okay, you know, like my time is running out, you know, I don't, will I ever, you know, and just that feeling of wanting it so bad. And then it's like, well, just don't want it so bad. Just live your life. And then somebody will just happen to appear. They'll materialize. And And that has or hasn't been your experience? No, it hasn't. I mean, when I met my second relationship, I was okay. But I mean, I ignored a million red flags that you know somebody with intuition and yeah self-awareness would would look at and be like wow it's obvious looking back on it how many red flags I ignored because I just had that desperate want for connection so much of course we all have that mm -hmm. I can totally so I mean I have filled felt fulfilled with my friendships you know because I have many and they go up and down and it's just I I feel really good with people in the world and I love meeting people and that has been fulfilling it's been interesting too with my mom because she's the same way. Like, I feel like I patterned her, like, you know, she's very religious. I was raised in that sense. So it's like, yes, be abstinent over, you know, just waiting for whatever God brings into your life. And, you know, and I watched her do that. And like, I gave up that, you know, paradigm years ago, but she just recently, she's 68 and she just recently met somebody and it like, it gave me like hope. I was like, okay, so I'm not 68 yet. You know, like it could still happen. I got time. Yeah. yeah, I got time. And one interesting that happened with Stefano is, you know, no correspondence with him. I think I sent him birthday cards for like the first five years after our breakup. And then his mom and I, we corresponded and I visited his mom and his aunt up in Seattle when I'd go up there and 
but no direct contact with Stefano at all until a year ago when suddenly I see that he's friended me or whatever, started following me on Google Plus and I was like, what? So I reached out to him and I was like, wow, is that really you? And like all those same feelings came up, like maybe this is it. Maybe this is that middle-aged moment that I was just waiting to happen. And, you know, we emailed back and forth a couple of times. He had expressed a desire to like call me and I mean, I was talking to you at that time and like you were guiding me, like saying like, whoa, and and all my friends who I had shared this Stefano story with, like they were like, oh my God, like this is really, as I can say, as your friend, it was an (laughs) epic moment because it's like, what, it's almost 20 years later, right? So, and I've, I've known you that long. Mm -hmm. We've known each other for about 20 years, more than that. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, as your friend who I heard something 20 years ago, then to actually see that the reach out was happening, I was like, what? Yeah, I was like, what's going to happen? And, you know, and then in an email, I asked him, I was like, you know, because he, when I go back and read my emails to him at this time, I'm like, I'm being super trying to hold back the floodgate of epicness that I'm feeling. I'm just trying to be like, I'm trying to play it cool. But you know, his emails are like very straightforward and just factual and no like personal details about his life or his feelings or his experience. And I noticed that and I was like, okay, so maybe he's not really and so I asked him in an email, I'm like, why did you reach out to me after all this time? And his response was like, well, you know, because he's 40 now, and or he was 40 then. And he's like, you just get to a point where you think keeping in touch with people that you once cared about a great deal might be important. And I was like, okay. But anyways, I was on this precipice of like thinking like, well, what's happening? Maybe he's unhappy in his marriage. Like, and then anyways, I, our mutual friend, Amara, like she, she did me the mind. biggest fa- okay, She's such a friend honest. advocate, you know, and you know that she's <laughs> yes. just an advocate for her friends. And so we're just sitting around and I'm trying to tell her the story about what's happening in real time. Like, no, really, like we're emailing each other. And she knew about Stefano way back then. And so she started like saying his name wrong, which cracked me up because she was calling him like, I don't know, Stefan or Stefan or something, you know, and and then she just was my advocate and she was like, she just disillusioned me. Basically, I felt that whole like scales off the eyes experience because she was like, Kendra, like, who is this guy? Like, he's reaching out to you. She compared him to like a beached whale with like his entrails all hanging out. She's like, <laughs> what is he doing? He's just like wanting to like get some validation now or something. You know, he's like middle aged, having a midlife crisis and she just put it into perspective and suddenly I just like sod and focus and I was like, I have no idea who this person is. Like, I feel like I knew his spirit, you know, because we were so connected back then and that's what I've been holding on to. But really, we sit down at a cafe like and I look across the table at him and I'm like, you know, who are you? Like, I don't know anything about you, your likes, your dislikes. And so it was an interesting like juxtaposition to just be like, I feel like I know this person. I feel like we're soulmates and connected, but in real life, we're not, you know, and Anyways, it just it just changed for me that night. I was like, thank you so much because I didn't have that same like desperate like, oh, my God, like this has to work out in the like story fairy tale fashion. I let go of that. I mean, we've emailed a couple times here and there, but it's been really blase and boring and I don't have that same like miss. Yeah, like that. Un- clear. <laughs> it has. It really has. And so that feels good. And I'm like, OK, so what a relief. Serious relief. And also not to shit on what happened so many years ago, because actually that's really beautiful. It's been a powerful lesson. Mm -hmm. But now, like, maybe you were protecting yourself and protecting your heart with that vision and that idea. Now the mist is cleared, and it's like, now is the opportunity to really draw that epic love in that you just haven't had yet. Yeah, totally. Like, as an adult, right? As an adult, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I'm in agreement for that. Thank you. I am, too. That's what I would like, so... 
but yeah, just the whole like get on with your life, do the things that you're passionate about, love, not have it be this like eternal flame of like, but what if unrequited love? Yeah. I got to keep this candle lit because you know, what if they show up at the 11th hour and I'm not there and like, okay, well. That's, that's a great way to say it. I think a lot of people feel that way. What if I don't like leave the light on for them and they can't find me? Right. And it's like, I mean, I've always felt like when my, my soon to be exes or exes, you know, weren't participatory anymore. That was always a thing for me. Like, I do feel like I would turn back in my heartache and say, do you still want to participate? Are you sure you don't want to participate? And they would be like, no, I don't. Or like, yeah, I do. But then they'd show up and it would be lackluster. And I'd be like, oh, right. Because I think sometimes people get done. And I don't think this is the case with you and stuff. No, but I think sometimes people just get done and they don't say they're done. And I'm always really sensitive to that. I think I'm like too sensitive to that in some ways. But it'll make me run when I feel like someone is not participating. Yeah. And so that participatory piece that's always been useful for me when there actually is a breakup happening. <laughs> it doesn't work when I'm still in a relationship. I was like, are you participating? Are you not? It could be like a hypersensitive problem that I have. But it's always helped me to get out of relationships, to go like, okay, you call this person three times after the fact. They get on the phone with you. They talk to you for five minutes. They're like, I'm just not feeling it anymore. Listen to that, Liliana. Right. They're not participating. There's no leaving the light on. They're not even looking for the light. You <laughs> I know. know. Your light is just burning up totally. Burning like up. Light bulbs in, burning the fingers. <laughs> right. People just putting themselves out there. Like we have friends and they just, they, you know, they're always sharing their story of like, I met this guy and it's like, he's the best. And then, and then I'm always like, oh, and then they get, and then you get to hear the heartache after that. And it's like, yeah. And I think I'm kind of like gun shy for that heartache because I'm like, why would I ever want to do that to my heart? You know, like, I don't know. Um, but I think there is some merit to saying like, just go out and date a bunch of people. You know, I mean, I think you gave me that advice and I was like, okay, I'll try. Uh, <laughs> and it, Yeah, I don't know. It's semi-successful. No, no, semi yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you, you have to at least explore, you mm-hmm. know, in whatever way feels safe. But I really believe that if it's going to, like you just said, like if 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 it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And I mean, you can't force it. No, unfortunately. And I've tried. Oh man. Have I tried? It's like tiring work to just keep showing up and having somebody be like, oh, I'm lukewarm. Yeah. Like, no, that's not the real deal. When people are raised in cloistered environments, they are trained to unknow their knowing. They are trained to forget what they've experienced. The information is then lost, erased from memory. It's missing from the record, a great unconformity. Did you grow up in a cult-like environment? What were the rules and programming of your childhood? What can you now release from the past that haunts you? Take some time to meditate on this and step into a new freedom. Blessings to you. A Lotus Lantern Healing Arts production. All rights reserved. (laughs) 